What's good, everybody? Good morning, good morning, good morning. We're about to get into it. Got a few topics we're going to touch on today. All right, we got uh, Kyle Shanahan. How long is that leash? And Matt Mayoko, he has some interesting comments on his podcast I want to touch on. Justin Fields, we watched him last night. And how does his start to his career kind of compare to Trey Lance? And what are we expecting from Trey Lance? I already see somebody in the comments talking about his mechanics. We're going to get into that. And also, Lewis Riddick. I really like him as a GM candidate. Obviously, John Lynch, I don't think he's going anywhere. But I do want to touch on some of the things that Lewis Rick has done. So, you guys already know what time it is, man. It is the San Francisco 49ers morning show. Let's go. Intercepted. It is picked up by Eric Rocker over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. The Crop Talk TV podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the San Francisco <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker, and I already went through kind of what we're going to talk about today, and I really want to jump straight into it, all right? Uh, first, I see the flames coming in. That looks like 10, 10 flames right there. I see five flames right there. If you are new to the show, you know, the flames is just to let us know how we doing, how we feeling on a scale of one to five, but if it's more than that, then you're feeling amazing. And I'm feeling amazing, man. So um, if I wasn't on my desktop, I'll put my flames in there. I'm, I'm feeling 10 flames too, man. I'm better than five. Appreciate everybody that's in here already in the chat, man. You guys make my morning. I'm not going to lie, man. I look forward to doing this every single morning, just chopping up with you guys. I have a guest coming on to talk about a certain segment today, a certain to topic. But as always, I will get to all of the callers and get you guys on live to hear your perspective on everything. All right. So, man, good morning to everybody. I hope everybody's good. Everybody feeling good. I'll tell you who's not feeling good. I am feeling good, but I'm hella sore. All right. Uh, yesterday, I decided to just go on a three-mile jog. Why? I don't know. And why they have to be three miles? I don't know. <laughs> All right. But I haven't been running like that. So, I'm a little sore. But while on the run, I listened to Matt Milko's podcast. And if you guys don't know, Matt Milko has 49ers Talk with uh, Laura Britt. And actually, before you guys listen to that, make sure you guys listen to Locked On 49ers with myself and Brian Peacock every morning, what, five days a week. You guys, make sure you guys listen to that, Locked On 49ers. I'm listening to Laura Britt and, and Matt Mayoko. And Matt Mayoko says something. He says something very interesting. I, I think we can all agree, right? Everybody's frustrated with where Kyle Shanahan is right now, uh, the potential kind of direction of the 49ers where we feel like they're at and it's you know i'm pretty sure most of you guys is not to your liking right it's not to your liking uh just the direction everything and Melko went on and said that there is zero chance that kyle shanahan is on a hot seat which i think we can all agree with right but he said there's zero chance that kyle's on a hot seat but the reason why he said it i disagree with he said because he's not on the hot seat because Trey Lance has not really played yet, and Kyle's clock on being on the hot seat doesn't start until you see Trey Lance get on the field. All right. Now, my thing is when I when I when I hear that, if you want to make it about the contract, if you want to make it about the money that Kyle Shanahan's making, then all right, right? Like I think for most of us, that was that's the thing, right? It's like, well, they just got the new extension. You got uh 
you know, what you got five more years, whatever. There's just so much tied to it, and there's no offsets in this contract. So, from my understanding, the way it works is if you were to fire Kyle Shanahan today, if even if he gets picked up by, I don't know, the say the Chicago Bears because they fired their head coach or whatever, Nagy. All right, say he gets picked up by the Bears. Well, the 49ers is still on the hook for whatever the remaining of his contract is. And I don't know how much money that is, but I'd assume it's a good amount of money. All right. So if you want to say that Kyle's not on the hot seat because of his contract and and there's just so much money to be paid to him, I get it. But if you want to say it's because of Trey Lance, I don't I don't like that. And if I'm Jet York, I don't like that. All right. Now let me explain why. How can I have faith? All right. Now I asked this question on Twitter. How can I have faith that, that Kyle Shanahan is going to miraculously just change, turn everything around just because he, you know, develops Trey Lance, right? In theory, yes, your quarterback is supposed to make you better, elevate the team, but how do how can I have faith if I'm Jay York that Kyle Shanahan is the guy for the job doing that? When I'm watching him right now, and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure what Jet York was told was, listen, we're going to sit the rookie. We're going to develop him. We know we can be good with Jimmy Garoppolo. We win with him. Don't worry, Jet. It's going to be a smooth transition. Everything's going to be fine, right? And Jet and Jay York is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, if, and if Jimmy Garoppolo is an MVP candidate, if Jimmy is going to eventually be a, a you know MVP and win the Super Bowl, then, hey, Trey Lance might be able to sit for two years, right? Like, that was his thing, right? So we know what was told to him. It was, hey, everything's going to be good. We're going to win with Jimmy. We're going to transition into Trey Lance. You know, if Jimmy Garoppolo has a great year in the process, then, all right, great. But that's not the case. The 49ers suck right now. <laughs> They're not good. And a big part of them sucking, boss, is – just Kyle Shanahan and just the operation that he's running is not working for whatever reason. Now, again, I've said it on here. You guys listen. It feels like there's been a different reason every single week. So if you have different reasons every every week why you're losing, to me, ultimately, it comes back on the person in charge, who is Kyle Shanahan. Now, I'm not saying that every time the 49ers step on the field, like, Oh, we blame him for this play that Kyle maybe has nothing to do with or that Kyle dialed up the right play or that his quarterback didn't see the read or whatever. But just overall with how this team is performing, a team that is talented, a team that is good, right? A team that had the better roster on Sunday. And you can't figure out how to win. And also, Matt Mayoko, leading up to saying that there was zero chances on the hot seat, Talked about all the reasons why Kyle should be on the hot seat. Talking about all the excuses that he's gotten. Um, you know, just, well, the first we, uh, first season, he doesn't have his quarterback and, and those things, and he's transitioning. Okay, took over a terrible roster. We get it. Second year, oh, your quarterback got hurt after, you know, okay, that's why. Third year, okay, Super Bowl run. Great. Fourth year, oh, man, you had all these injuries. Fifth year, I don't even know what the excuse is, but I'm only led to believe that the excuse for the fifth year is the fact that Trey Lance hasn't played yet, and you got to see how that works out. I'm not willing to see. I don't want to wait and see that. I don't want to wait and see if eventually Kyle Shanahan is the guy six, seven years. How long do we have to wait to get the success that we deserve as fans? We've been through a lot. Our team has sucked for mo most of you guys in here, I'd assume, are between the ages of 
25 and 40 or 45, right? Most of the time, if you're 45, then you saw a lot of great years. But if you're like me, who's 34 years old, I barely remember the Super Bowl victory, the 94 season, all right? That happened in 1995. I was eight years old. I just remember watching it, like not even really truly understanding what was going on. So like we suck for most of our lives, right? Especially like my adulthood. I'd say high school, um, by the time I was leaving high school, so I graduated high school in 2005. Since 2005, the 49ers have, and that was, that's been 16 years now, the 49ers have had four winning seasons since my senior high school. Okay, we got a 60-year-old in here. What's up, Bernard? Appreciate you in here. Uh, yeah, That's an OG right there, all right? But I'm looking at it, and I'm like, how, how much time does Kyle need to show us that he is a good coach, to show us that he is a good leader of men? It takes more than just being good X's and O's guy like to be a good head coach. It takes more than that. You have to be able to get everything together. What the hell does Mike Tomlin do, right? Mike Tomlin doesn't call plays on offense, doesn't call plays on defense, but somehow, some way, his team does not lose. They don't have losing seasons. And now we can say because they have Ben Roethlisberger and stuff, but when he had Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, play like 14 I think Ben Roethlisberger got hurt like the first game or or maybe heading into the second no I think it was the first game of the season that year Roethlisberger got hurt out for the whole year he somehow managed to win eight games and not have a losing record with Duck Hodges and goddamn Mason Rudolph he sucks you know what I'm saying so I feel like good coaches they figure it out right and even right now when we watched the Steelers last night, it wasn't pretty. They still managed to pull out of win, right? It wasn't pretty, but he managed to get a victory, which he's done a majority of this season. I think the Steelers are maybe, what, five and three right now. They're struggling right now with the quarterback situation, but he's figuring out how to get everybody prepared, get everybody on the same page to where it ultimately results in a victory. And we're not getting that from Kyle Shanahan, who I feel like has a better roster than the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it's not working out that way for whatever reason. And ultimately to me, it comes down to him. So I want to ask y'all how much faith do y'all have in Kyle Shanahan that this year doesn't count because, Oh, you know, well, it's not Trey Lance, right? Oh, we got to wait till next year. How much faith do you guys have that he's going to get it right with Trey Lance? Because right now, if you can't win with this roster and with Jimmy Garoppolo, our quarterback, who is not playing bad football, not playing great, not playing bad. Jimmy's not playing bad. How much faith do you have that he's going to miraculously turn it around with Trey Lance? I'm not confident in that. And I really feel like Trey Lance is Kyle Shanahan's last excuse to really, you know, have any type of faith in him. And 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 I'm not I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling where Kyle Shanahan is right now, and I get it. We can make all the excuses before, or we can justify why certain things happen. But when I watch it, it just, nothing comes off to me as, like, I, I don't have that same encouragement that I had early on. When the 49ers started 0-9, ultimately, you know, winning, what was it, uh, six out of their last seven games, 2018, or 17, excuse me. I don't have that same confidence that I had in Kyle Shanahan during the Super Bowl run. And it's really just with how everything has gone, the the personnel decisions that they've made, miscalculating the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo, and what the hell 
is the plan here moving forward? I see somebody right now. The excuse is built into next year already. Already. The excuse is already built in. If, if the 49ers don't have a great season, well, it's because uh, well, uh, um, Trey Lance is a rookie. Right, bro, we, we can't how, – how many years are we going to give him pass? So if the 49ers have a losing season this year and a losing season next year, we're talking about four uh, – this would be – yeah, four. That would be five. Five losing seasons in six years? Sorry, it took me so long to do that math. Five losing seasons in six years. There is a guy – again, that's the that, – the excuses – the excuses are already built in. There was a guy, uh, was it Jim Caldwell? What was the coach's name for the Indianapolis Colts? No, Detroit Lions. He was on the Detroit Lions. He had three winning seasons in four years, and they fired his ass. And one of those wins, he won double digits. They fired him. He had multiple winning seasons. Now, okay, you can say, well, he had a good quarterback, whatever. At the end of the day, he had multiple winning seasons, what, three winning seasons in four years, and they canned him. Bill O'Brien have five winning seasons in seven years, and we act like he's an idiot. Jim Nagy has had more success than Kyle Shanahan, and he had Mitchell Trubisky, who everybody says sucks, and they were going to the playoffs, and people talk bad about Nagy. But Kyle Shanahan, we don't – it's like, nah, like, just keep making excuses for him because of what he's supposed to be. I don't know, man. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. And right now, I'm about to bring on somebody to help me make sense of this, all right? So, Jason Aponte, bro, help me make sense of this, man. Um, So, Croc, I agree with you, man. And I think that I thought I was being a conspiracy theorist when I talked about why Trey Lance wouldn't be starting right away. But in essence, it's really as simple as this. Kyle Shanahan is not playing Trey Lance because he knows he's going to get one more year with him. And you reset your timeline as soon as you play Trey Lance, meaning when you start Trey Lance, the clock ticks. The clock is ticking immediately. And you're absolutely right. This would be the last excuse. And this is the only thing that they can really look at, right? Because you look at it like this. You allow the front office allows him to make this move, send all those picks, but then you get rid of him before he gets a full season. So that's where I'm at with it. It's like almost like, no one would have blamed him for benching Trey Lance in the first year, but he knows for a fact that when Trey Lance starts and he starts week one next year because Jimmy Garoppolo won't be here, the clock is ticking. And if it doesn't work right away, it's it's going to be bad. And here's the problem, Croc. We watched Justin Fields last night. Damn the results. You're watching a guy who's evolving. You're watching Matt Jones. Matt Jones is being successful right now. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence, right? They're making strides. You're putting Trey Lance in a spot where he has to be successful week one no matter what, right? Because, oh, you you took a whole year, you benched him. Now the pressure is going to be on next year, Trey Lance, and I think that that's not fair to Trey, right? That's not Trey's fault at all, right? None of that is his fault. Right. But at the same time, Kyle Shanahan knew exactly what he was doing by not playing Trey Lance. It was to give himself another year and reset his timeline because when he starts, it's tick, tick, boom. He better It better happen right away with Trey Lance and that's really why I think that you haven't seen him. And I, abso I absolutely agree with you. This is it. This is the last excuse for him. If if you're not already fed up at this point. Right. So let's kind of transition into talking about Trey Lance and maybe when to play him. And I, I got some numbers here. All right. We're going to get into, and I know most of you guys watched the game last night. We watched Justin Fields, right? And we also watched Justin Fields lose. But everybody walked away. I see your comments. I see everybody, like a lot of football guys where – Everybody is extremely encouraged 
with where Justin Fields is. They're like, man, like this guy is special. He did some special things. He's going to be so good. He's going to be terrific. But that's not what people were saying six weeks ago. So let's talk about some things with Justin Fields, right? And when I say what people were saying, because obviously in today's day and age, everybody wants to react to everything right away, right? They don't give anything in time to kind of work out. But let's talk about some uh, Justin Fields numbers as they compare to Trey Lance. And they kind of sim they kind of got in the game similarly, all right? Uh, Justin Fields, when he first came in the game for the Chicago Bears, it was against the Cincinnati Bengals, where he he came in like second quarter. All right, so let's look at some numbers. All I'm going to do right here is I'm going to compare Trey Lance's game and a half against, because that's what Trey Lance has played so far, against Justin Fields' pretty much game and a half, all right? Justin Fields, he completed 12 out of 33 passes for for uh 38% completion percentage and was sacked 11 times through for a total of 128 yards. Matter of fact, let me stop. Let me go back and do it and I'm just going to compare each one. All right. Justin Fields came out game and a half, completed 38% of his passes. Trey Lance completed 51% of his passes. Justin Fields sacked 11 times during that time. Trey Lance sacked 3 times during that time. Justin Fields 128 yards. In those games, uh, Trey, uh, Trey Lance, 350 passing yards. Justin Fields, 33 rushing yards during that game and a half. Trey Lance, 130 rushing yards. Total yards between the two, 161 from uh, Justin Fields to, to, to 480 from Trey Lance. All right. I say all that to say because I hear everybody with, you know, it's, well, we, we see what Justin Fields is now. Nobody talks about where he started, right? And just the power and progression. He has lost his last four games. It hasn't gone great. But even then, people are willing to see through that and say, you know what? This dude is extremely talented, and we see where he's going. We see the upside. But when it comes to Trey Lance, and we see that, it's almost like, like, oh, well, Trey Lance can do that, which is terrific, especially if you compare that. And every situation is different. Every player is different. Everybody's going to develop at a different pace. But I say all that to say, I think Trey Lance has had a good starting point, right? If you compare him to where, you know, and people can, now people can say this, oh, well, you know, he got Nagy and, and the Bears. Bears got weapons. They got Mooney. They got Allen Robinson. They got Montgomery, a terrific running back. They got Herbert, a terrific running back. They got some guys there on defense that are playing well, like, it's, it's a good situation. It's not a bad or terrible situation as opposed to what Trey Lance is with the 49ers. Trey Lance just performed well, right? Now, I think what we saw from Trey Lance, we all agree that it wasn't perfect. And I think even with Justin Fields, and we watched him last night, and I want to get your opinion on, the, on, on, on his performance, but it's not like he... Oh, just all the time gets the ball out on, in, in perfect time and rhythm or that he just makes every throw. But what was it about his performance that gets you so excited about what you saw from uh, uh, Justin Fields? I mean, obviously the talent's on display, right? And and nobody really has any any gripe with that. Like, I, I don't see how anybody could watch Justin Fields say, um, play and say, hey, that kid's not supremely talented. You know he's fast. You know he's strong. You know he's big. You know he has a great arm. But what I was really impressed with in college and what kind of translated in this game for me was being tough and bouncing back. 
The kid was getting hit, no calls, anything like that, and he kept firing. And then when he gets to the end of the game, he keeps going. And that's what I was impressed with. That's what I thought Kyle Shanahan was going to be impressed with, right? Considering the fact that he had had quarterback after quarterback get injured under his watch, Justin Fields takes hit after hit after hit in Pittsburgh on national television and kept firing and went into the end of that game and gave them a lead. And that's and when things are not perfect, that's when you need someone special to make things happen. Listen, Mac Jones is performing well in a system, but when you need a big play or you need something when things are not working, I'm not certain that he can do what Trey or Justin can do. And that's really what I got impressed with. You, you, you take hit after hit. The game's not going your way, but your head never drops and you keep firing. And the kid kept firing. And last night when he needed it on the money, right? I mean, obviously that last drive was a few seconds left on the clock. There was no timeouts left. You really can't do too much there. I'm not going to kill him for that. But when you needed it and it was money time, he performed. And, and he kept bouncing back. If you allow him to sit around, that's what you need is that toughness, that mental um, that mental toughness to just keep firing, man, because the talent's there, man. The off-balance throws you see, that touchdown to Mooney, beauty. That touchdown against the, um, the 49ers, that throw um, to, to Komet, which was literally fingertips away from Josh Norman, all of that is there. But when things are not going right, can you keep your head on the swivel? Can you keep your head up and can you keep firing? That's what I walked away with. And that's what I thought the entire time in college. When the kid, when the chips are down, things aren't going right, he's still going to keep fighting. And that's what I saw last night. And that's what got me excited. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So here we go. Um, before we get into Trey Lance and, and the development of him, we got a question here. Uh, what if after next year we find out Kyle isn't the guy for Trey? Then we've wasted two years of development, Trey Lance. Uh, just don't trust Kyle. Where are you kind of at with that? Do we want to look at it like that or do we want to look at a more positive spin that, hey, nah, like Kyle's going to get it right? Or what do you think is going to happen? I'm trying to look at it more positive because of all those numbers that you pointed out too. And all those same things that I said about Justin Fields, you can apply to Trey Lance. Things were not right, right? He gets thrown into that game. Somehow he's still putting up points because it wasn't like Seattle was sitting back and prevent defense or anything like that. Is it perfect? No, it's not going to be. The kid's only 21. But again, even in that Arizona game, things weren't right. He kept fighting. That's what you really want to see. You don't want to see the kid get gun shot. That's what we saw in camp. The same thing. When he airmailed a throw, he didn't put his head down. He went back and he kept firing. So, I, I mean, I'm going to choose to look at it like you like you said. Trey's got a great starting point right now. And from what he's shown in the, that, that game and a half right there, that's what you should be building off of. And he had a better starting point than Justin Fields. Let's just put it out there. Even though that, you know, I like Justin Fields a lot. I You still can't objectively say that, that Trey Lance didn't play better in the beginning of his time. So, yeah, I mean, you, you just got to kind of hope that the kid can rise above any sort of deficiencies or anything like that because he is supremely talented and he's very smart and he understands things at a level that 21-year-olds usually shouldn't be able to understand at the, at the, at the NFL level. Yeah, and when we're looking at it, you know, for Trey Lance and his development, this is not us sitting up here saying that Trey Lance is perfect. This is not us sitting up here saying that he's not going to miss reads. He's not going to miss throws. But what we're talking about is, like, what are we looking for in the progression of Trey Lance moving forward into next year? Where is he at right now? We're saying that he's, he has a good starting point. Is it perfect? No, not at all. It's not perfect. Is it perfect for Justin Fields? No. But I bet you right now, the Bears fans are sitting there after a loss, happy with what they're getting from their quarterback and encouraged from him moving forward. And when I watched Trey Lance and I watched his game against Arizona in a game where we're like, man, he's battling. Is it perfect? No. But I see a lot of things that are encouraging. How do you build off of that? And especially knowing that that's not necessarily the offense that Kyle Shanahan wants to run 
for Trey Lance. Trey Lance wants to, they want him to be more under center and do those things. And hopefully he progresses into that, but he needs those live reps. He needs to see it live. And I just can't help but wonder where Trey Lance would be if he had been starting since week two. And where would he be now? You know, would the 49ers still be three and five? Probably, right? Probably. But you'd be much more encouraged with where they're heading. And right now, I think that's the tough part because we don't know what's happening. We don't know where the 49ers are headed. We're not encouraged by anything that's going on right now. Right. And that's the thing, right? In the offseason, people ask, well, what would be a successful season? And, you know, everybody's all about, oh, Super Bowl, this and that. No, the, the successful season for the 49ers is Trey moving in a direction where his arrow is pointing up and his development is working. Who knew that reps work? Because now look at Justin Fields, right? Things are not perfect around him. You're right. Nagy, whatever, make all those excuses. But game reps matter. And you're talking about a starting point and you're talking about what would be a successful season. Then you're talking about Trey Lance going in the right direction. Things are not going to be perfect. Things are going to get rough. Peyton Manning was awful his first year. Did the Colts say, man, we're not going to stick with this guy. We got to pull the plug on him. I know this is a different time. We're not we're not comparing because the quarterback situations now are different, right? Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen, all that stuff has kind of changed the, the timeline for quarterbacks now. It's a lot shorter, right? Like, Kyler Murray comes in, takes Josh Rosen's job. Josh Rosen never gets to do anything ever again, right? In and out, right? You make the move for the better quarterback. But if Trey Lance is developing and this team is still three and five and they have encouraging, like, not encouraging losses because there's no moral victories or anything like that as a 49er fan. But if Trey Lance is out there playing well and he's ascending, then 49er fans would be excited. And I think you're absolutely right about that. So what's a successful season? It should be where is Trey Lance in his development? Where is he in, in terms of experience? And where is his arrow pointing going into a full offseason next year with Kyle Shanahan? I think that would be a successful season for the 49ers. Yeah, and that was one of my arguments, you know, early on because a lot of people were saying, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, this is Super Bowl roster. And it's like, I get it. It's a good team. Like, I, I understand that. But to me, this team will only this team will go as far as Trey Lance takes them. And the sooner you get to that point, the better you're going to be. So, I think in theory, I, I get what Kyle Shanahan was trying to do. Let it happen organically. Let it play out. Got Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to win games. We're going to go to the playoffs and potentially compete for a Super Bowl. That has not happened. And right now, I think Kyle Shanahan is trying to look at his team, try to figure out what they are and what they aren't. The, the players are trying to look at this team and try to figure that out. They need some type of spark. They need some type of change. They need some type of level of encouragement. And I'm not saying that Trey Lance is going to change the 49ers having a better win-loss record, but I do think he can inject some positive energy and some positive optimism within the team. So we'll see if it happens. And again, even when he does get in, there's going to be missed throws. There's going to be missed reads. I, I see somebody talked about his mechanics. I'm not, I, I, I'll never act like I know everything about quarterback mechanics. I usually will talk to some of my guys who are quarterback guys. And um, after his first game, obviously we had a, uh, um uh, Sullivan, he went on, he did a live breakdown on Trey Lance's uh first game against the Arizona Cardinals. And a lot of people had an issue with the with the release. So I asked JTL Sullivan about that. I'm like, hey, is his release too long? He said, No issues with his release. With most quarterbacks that you talk to, it's all about that the the feet, you know, working from the ground up. So with Trey Lance. If he does get in trouble, a lot of times it's with his feet, bouncing up and down. J.T. Sullivan has talked about that since he was at North Dakota State, getting to what, what he says, heel clicky, right? He's too heel clicky, getting up on his toes, coming back down, throwing passes, and that's leading to some inaccurate throws. 
those are things that you can improve on. Those are things you can work on. But I think also until the game really starts to kind of slow down for him, you're going to see some of those things. But you also see some of the special things he can do. And the more he plays, the more special things you're going to do. Just like with Justin Fields. I'm pretty sure after taking nine sacks in one game and netting one passing yard for an entire game, people weren't very optimistic. They were like, oh, he's a bust. He's the wrong guy, right? But they kept playing him. Next thing you know, he starts against the Lions, starts making some throws. They're encouraged by what they're seeing. Kept it going. Ended up playing the Raiders. They beat the Raiders. You know, uh, you start to see just signs that are encouraging, even in losses. Played against the 49ers. Had, what, maybe 300 yards, you know, combined between passing and rushing. 100 rushing yards, two tutties, yep. Yeah, and you see the throw, the sidearm throw that he made, the special play on the move, and you just start to see some of the things that they can do from a special aspect. And I think that's what we want to see from Trey Lance. For me, it's even if it kind of results in a loss, and I don't want to see the 49ers lose, but if the 49ers are going to lose, which they're doing now, I would be much more encouraged if it was if you were seeing some positivity from Trey Lance. So right. And, and in terms of it. in terms of Trey Lance and, and missing reads, honestly, I'm really actually more much more encouraged than uh, people think that he is I, I, as far as as far as where his development is, right? So side by side, you know, yesterday I, I got the all 22 from um from the Arizona game. They ran um the the bang dig com concept um with Jimmy Garoppolo and it comes open in the middle of the field, but Jimmy Garoppolo checks it down. Okay, that's a completion, you're fine with that. But they ran that same concept in in um the Seattle game and Trey Lance banged it in the middle of the field to the guy right there. So I mean, like in terms of reads, you should be very encouraged where Trey Lance is right now. And that should be more fuel to the people who say he needs to get more reps. Because he, you saw it in preseason as well, too. The Chargers game um cracked the, the touchdown to Travis Benjamin. One, two, hold the guy, hold your safety, and then boom, hit right tra uh, Travis Benjamin over the middle. This is a kid who's never played at the NFL level, and he's doing things that right now, sometimes an eight-year veteran isn't doing. And, and that's just the facts. I'm not trying to dump on Jimmy Garoppolo because I heard you say it earlier, and, and I'm I'm kind of like jumping out with a shield right now. Jimmy Garoppolo's not playing bad. He's not at all. And 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 when they make this switch, it's not going to be necessarily because Jimmy Garoppolo's playing awful. Like, that's just not what's happening. It's just it's time. It's time. Like now this is yeah. it. Like you're, you're, you know, it doesn't really make sense to continue to do that. So in that way, you should be encouraged with, with where he's at, with his progressions and his reads, because he's further along than I would have ever thought a 21 year old would be, especially having a year off from football. So, uh, I mean, I mean, I don't know if we're strengthening the case for Trey to start all the time or whatever, but these are just the things I'm seeing as well, too. It's the kid is actually really good at certain things, and he's very smart. Mike Silver's piece that came out yesterday. Did you read that, Croc? Did you get a chance to look at that? Um, you know what? I actually wanted to touch on that. I forgot to put that in my notes, but go mm -hmm. ahead. Lead the way for it. So Mike Silver put out uh, an article saying, you know, hey, you know, this is where he was in the beginning of, of uh, the, the year, right? And everyone in the locker room was pretty much kind of blown away with how well he understood this offense and all the concepts and everything. And and a lot of the, the locker room was like, hey, man, it's time to let the kid go. And then he said, as he kind of tapered off during camp, you know, because I was at camp and we all saw the same thing too, where we're like, oh my God, like it's time, just let the kid go. Um, they say he lost confidence or whatever. And then, I mean, they said Jimmy had his best camp. I don't even know what that means, Croc, really, what, what Jimmy's best camp is. I don't know what that means. But um, in terms of where he was initially, because remember he had that that rookie OTA. And then he when he came in the building, they were shocked at how quickly he picked things up. 
And then for whatever reason, his confidence went away. Don't know what that means. And then they, they wound up going back to Jimmy. I think that is the sort of stuff that you should be hanging your hat on is that the kid at 21 is very smart. And when people ask me all the time about, well, what did Trey see in Justin Fields? I think it's that I mean, I mean over Justin Fields. I think it's that it's the mental aspect, right? He's impressed with him being able to pre-snap identify. And he thought that he would be able to be smart enough to pick up this offense. So he didn't have to simplified as much for him so that Mike Silver piece and Mike Silver is a big 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 Jimmy Garoppolo guy huge right like he 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 like holds water for him so for him to put that out there I don't know if it's you know the leak starting like you know the bulky stuff or anything like that but I found that little piece of that article very very telling well the one telling thing to me was that they said that Trey Lance lost confidence yeah and I I'm wondering like how do you have a rookie come in who is doing some really good things, right? Like he's doing things. You you heard you heard guys that were gushing over quarterbacks like uh Mac Jones and some of these other guys and the 49ers drafted Trey Lance and they're like, oh, I don't know, you know, we'll see. But then you start to hear Mayoko's tone kind of change and start to be like, uh, this guy is really good and I wasn't expecting this and what I'm seeing, he's playing lights out, he's doing all these different things. And how do we go from that to his confidence was starting to get shot? And, and, and I see somebody in the comments say Sermon lost his confidence too. Why are guys losing confidence under Kyle Shanahan? Um, that's, that's the thing, right? And this is my complaint, you know, and I sent out a tweet and I think people don't understand what I meant by this. You said it before. Head coaching is much more than X's and O's. And you talked about Mike Tomlin. I'm so glad you brought him up, right? Because they go eight and eight with, with Hodges and Mason Rudolph. How? Right? Because he's not calling plays, anything like that, right? Knowing X's and O's and managing personalities are two different things. And there is no one size fits all way to get the most out of players. That hard approach, if it worked on Debo Samuel, cool. If it worked on Brandon Ayuk, cool. It's not working on other guys. And as and, and I'm going to put it to the to the layman, right? You know, the person who, who works, right? If you're a manager, you have to figure out how to press buttons on your on the people that are your subordinates to get the most out of them, right? And some respond well to critical critical thoughts and, and, and the way and criticism. And some you need to wrap your arms around a little bit. It's not about being soft. It's about understanding how to manage personalities and get the most from people because people react differently to different types of uh, motivation. And I think that's where Kyle Shanahan is lacking. And also the accountability factor. One guy will fumble two times. He doesn't get banished uh, to the bench or anything like that. One guy drops a pass. That's it. You're never going to see that guy again. If you're going to keep it hard like that, even if I don't agree with it, it's got to be from player one to 53 on this roster. And it can't be, oh, you're blue chip people. You're not going to let that slide. Or, or the 53rd person, you're going to banish them. No, keep the same energy with every single person. And I think that's really what I'm talking about when I'm, I'm talking about Kyle, Kyle Shanahan and managing personalities. If Trenton Cannon fumbles twice in a game, you need to bench him the same way that you would somebody else, right? Or you need to get rid of him or something like that. But no, Trenton Cannon continues to go out there. But if Brandon Ayuk isn't running fast enough in practice, all of a sudden, he, he starts to lose snap shares. It's just, it's. I understand the whole idea of, hey, he sees something at Brandon Ayuk, you want to do all that with him and, and get it out of him. But at the same time, people in that locker room notice, hey, man, they're not going to drop the hammer on me. It doesn't really matter if I'm perfect. But on the same on the same token, he sees him going hard on other people. That's the problem that I have with the way Kyle Shanahan is managing, at least from the outside, me looking at. All right, man. Well, Jason, man, I appreciate you. I'm going to get to the next topic, but uh, I thank you for coming on, bro. Yeah, man, you know what it is, man. Thank you, man. You know I had to jump on here, especially when you were saying we were going to talk about fields, man. <laughs> Let everybody know where they can find you, all your work. 
Yeah, man. Um, on Twitter at Jason Aponte two one zero three, and um, on YouTube Jason Aponte. Um, yeah, man. And uh, you know, appreciate you, bro. You know, I got you anytime that you 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 need me, man. All right, all good. I'm pretty sure we'll be having this conversation again soon. Yeah, man. All right, bro. <laughs> all right, bro. That's my guy, Jason Aponte. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter. Also, his uh, YouTube channel. He has YouTube and all that good stuff. All right. Want to get into another topic, and I hear people all the time, and I see somebody in there like Croc. Stop talking about this. Talk about the defense. We'll get to the defense. All right. Uh, but there's something that came up, and I don't even know how relevant it is to the 49ers. But people are, again, I think, and I and I heard a Andy Frisella. I said this all the time. I listened to Andy Frisella, and he said this. People overvalue their current circumstances. And I would say that with everybody in this chat, say 90% of y'all overvalue your current circumstances. And what that means is sometimes we're 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 in a in a situation where it's just like okay well this is comfortable even if we're not getting the results that we want you know what i'm saying even if it's not the result we want well i'm i'm comfortable i'm comfortable doing this and sometimes you got to take some big swings right you got to take some big swings and you got to get outside of your comfort zone and a lot of times when you do that and you give yourself that opportunity and you really jump in you'll get better uh results than what you were expecting and then you keep trying to push and that's what that's what i've been um, for the last year, I got out of my comfort zone. Like I live in Arkansas, Southeast Arkansas too, right next to Louisiana and Mississippi. All right. I live in Arkansas. I am a California dude. I never thought I would leave Stockton again outside of me playing professional sports or going to college. All right. But I took a leap of faith at something and one thing led to another and one thing led to another. And I kept chipping away, kept chipping away, kept, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And next thing you know, like, because I didn't value my current circumstances in California, right, or overvalued them and knew that I could be doing better, I could be doing more things, and I took a leap of faith and did something that most people wouldn't do, like move to Arkansas, all right? My life right now is like, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's, you know what I'm saying? And, and, it just, and I just keep chipping away and I keep figuring out different things that I could do, all right? I say all that today because I see some people in the comments, well... If they fire Shanahan, which they're not, they're not firing Kyle Shanahan. But if they fire Kyle Shanahan, well, who do they get? I'm pretty sure there's other coaches that can do better than one winning season in five years. Or, you know, what do they do with uh, John Lynch? Or, you know, and I'm and I look at this and I'm like, you know what? I've talked about Lewis Riddick. And it came up on my on my timeline. Somebody was like, well, Lewis Riddick, he's just another talking head on TV like our guy, uh, John Lynch. I'm like, oh, no, Lewis Riddick was uh, a high-level exec. So let's talk about Lewis Riddick and some of his accomplishments and why I feel like he'd be somebody that would actually be better suited for Kyle. But then I don't know their personalities. I don't know. Kyle is just so, like, stubborn and this way. And Lewis Riddick, he's, like, a strong, stern person as well. Uh, and I listen to Lewis Riddick a lot doing the uh, – I see somebody. I live in Stockton. There you go. You already know. That's 209. That's the home team. That's the home team. That's my hometown. But um, you you look at Lewis Riddick, and uh, let's talk about him a little bit because we see him on ESPN. But who is he? Our right, Lewis Riddick. I from from uh, we we hear him talk on TV. But I did the Scouting Academy, and he's heavily involved with the Scouting Academy. This is a a high level guy. All right, so Lewis Riddick was actually drafted by the 49ers back in the day. All right, uh. He played 11 years as a professional football player. 
he jumped right in. As soon as he was done playing his last year, he played in the XFL. As soon as he was done with that, he was a pro scout from 2001 to 2004 with the uh, Washington football team, I believe it was. And then um, moved up to director of play personnel from 2005 to 2007. A lot of times when you see guys like that leave a certain organization or whatever, a lot of times it's not just because he gets fired. It's because that staff gets fired and somebody brings in new staff. Uh, 2008, he was an Eagles pro scout, worked his way up and was uh, the assistant director of player personnel in 2009. Then from 2010 to 2013, he was actually director of player personnel. So this isn't someone that is just somebody talking on TV. He's a high level guy. And I've listened to him a lot. I've listened to him on different podcasts. I used to listen to him when he was on the ESPN morning shows. And I listened to how he talks about prospects and is he always right? No, nobody's always right. But I really liked his mindset and his approach to things, right? Really liked that he was he was really high on Mac Jones. He was also really high on Trey Lance. Like, um, you know, he Trey Lance was somebody that he would have taken. So when you look at, you know, potentially down the line bringing in a new staff, he's somebody that you look to because he like he saw something in him. I hope that the 49ers can kind of salvage this situation because for me right now, Kyle Shanahan doesn't look like he's necessarily the guy. Uh, I'm not encouraged by what I'm seeing by from Kyle Shanahan right now. And I kind of want to hear your guys' thoughts on really everything that we've talked about today. So you already know what time it is, man. We're opening the floor to, to all of you. Come on, speak live. Whatever it is that you want to talk about, come on right now and do that. All right, I appreciate everybody that's in here right now. If you haven't already, hit that like button. If you like this video, hit the like button. If you also like this engagement, go ahead and uh, subscribe. Yeah, he was somebody really high on Sean Taylor. Um, he stood on the table for Sean Taylor. He didn't. And this is somebody, I saw somebody in my mentions last night. Well, well, those teams weren't good. Hey, when you are a, a player personnel guy or an exec in that way, you can give all the advice in the world. But if they don't draft a guy that you really like, then they just don't draft him. Like, you don't have any say over that. When you are the GM, then, yeah, you could draft my guy. So he was standing on the table for Sean Taylor. They were actually going to go a different route. I believe it was Kellen Winslow. Who was it? I mean, he was a terrific uh, tight end, but obviously wasn't didn't have the same career trajectory as uh, Sean Taylor. RIP. I actually played with uh, uh, Kellen Winslow. He wasn't weird. I don't know what's going on now, but um, here we go. We got the people rolling in right now. So we got Isaiah coming on first. Isaiah, what's good? And Isaiah, you from the two hundred nine? Where you from in the in the two hundred nine? Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna call it a real two hundred nine. I'm from Merced. Oh yeah, it's not it's not real two oh nine, but you still two it's still two oh nine love it, you know. So uh, it's all it's all good, man. What what's on your mind? Yeah, uh, my thing is with all the the people saying Trey Lance isn't ready yet. Um, my pushback would be uh, just look at uh, how Jordan Love came out. Uh, it wasn't great. Uh, he's been sitting behind a Rod, you know, a couple years already. Arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play. So you know, my thing is. Like you always say, like, how do you know, like, Trey Lance is not ready as compared to some of these other guys? Right. And and I think the tough thing is, and I want to make this clear, what works for one guy or what doesn't work for one guy might not be the same for the next guy, right? So we see guys like, uh, you know, Justin Fields progressing. Maybe Trey Lance won't progress, right? Like, I mean, you know, hopefully he would, and that's what you would expect guys to happen the more they play. But you never know. So I don't want to just say – that just because something worked for one guy, it's not going to work for the other. But we clearly see a guy like, 
you know, uh, Jordan Love, who has sat behind Aaron Rodgers for over a year now and finally gets an opportunity to play. And it looks like he still has to go through some of those growing pains of, you know, having his first start. So, yeah, man, I agree. I'm going to get the next person on, but I appreciate you coming on, Isaiah. Keep repping that 209, baby. All right. Here we go. Next up, we got Matt. What's good, Matt? Oh. Yeah, hello. Can you hear me, bro? Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, my bad. I had to uh, had my phone in my hoodie and stuff when I was listening. <laughs> What's going on, man? Oh, man, I'm just chilling, man. How you doing today? I'm good, man. Chilling, man, myself. Um, shit, man, what you think about, you know, um, the direction? I mean, I, I'm pretty much, like, done. I want to start all over, man. You feel me? Because, like I said, I don't got no confidence in what this dude talking about. It's it's tough. It's tough to just hit the reset button. And I don't think the 49ers have to hit the reset button. I think they just have to reload. You know what I'm saying? They got to reload the clip. It's almost like we done emptied out all our clips and we just got to reload. But we're still – we're going to keep shooting. You know what I'm saying? When I, when I look at the 49ers right now, they have the pieces, whether it's with – you know, Kyle Shanahan or with other. I think that their roster is good enough. It just needs somebody to come in and get the best out of them. And I think, you know, a scenario that you could point to is, you know, the 2009 season with Mike Singletary, where there were good players on that roster, right? Nobody was looking at that roster as like a Super Bowl caliber team, but you had uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh come in and just get the most out of everybody, get the most out of um, – Justin Justin uh, Smith, get the most out of Patrick Willis, who, you know, obviously he was terrific already, but just get the most out of all the players and uh, Alex Smith and really turn that whole thing around to where they went from a team that was just like, uh, okay, they got some good players. We'll see what happens to, damn, Super Bowl caliber team the next three years. So um, I, I don't yeah. want to say we got to just blow it up in a sense of, like just so being what, like so in what a, a rebuild situation, but just get the right people in place. So so what would you do if um you know we, we bring you know of course you know we don't fire him, he come back next year and and you know it's the same bullshit, trade regressing. Like you think I mean what the what is it gonna take for people to actually look at the reality of the situation and and you know I, I don't understand like I do you wanna give him a chance and everything, but I mean, shit, I kind of want to see, like, how far it's going to go because, like, I don't see it getting no better no time soon, man. Like like I said, man, I, I want to see my team do good, but, like, I see he's losing the locker room, you know what I mean? And that's not good. When, you, when your players don't got confidence in you as a coach, it don't matter what go down. You know, they're they going to lose on purpose just so they could get out of there. So, right. I don't hey, know, I'm, I'm going to get you off, Matt. I appreciate you calling on. And I'll answer that last question. Uh, I, I will say the 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 one thing. I don't think anybody's gonna lose on purpose because I remember. Okay, you know I always talk about it. I don't know where my ring is. My uh, daughter took my ring. Probably lost championship ring. Hella diamonds. All right, but I won a championship with the San Jose SaberCats, and um, and the head coach was tough. So I do want to say there's not one way to win, but if you are going to be a certain way. You have to win. Does that make sense? So you can be a hard ass like Kyle Shanahan and go about things the way that Kyle Shanahan does it and, and his approach to it. But if you're not winning and he's going about it that way, it starts to wear on guys. 
we had a guy, Coach Darren Arbet, great coach, uh, Coach Sanders Sabercats to multiple championships. When I came in, like it was championship or bust. Like that was the seat. Like it was just like we are trying to win it all. We're going all in, right? And that was everybody's mindset. And you know, he, he was very kind of militant, I guess you could say. Like, I mean, we're professionals getting paid, and I was getting paid decent money. All right. Like when we had walkthroughs, you don't talk feet behind the line. Like it was so, you know, every rep after every rep, you you have to sprint 10 yards after every play or whatever. That was kind of our conditioning within practice. All right. It was, everything was very particular and to a certain extent. And I was miserable <laughs> that year. Like it was the most miserable year I had, but we won a championship. Right. So looking at Kyle Shanahan and how he does things, you, not everybody has to be like, and I talk about my time with the Jets and Rex Ryan. Rex, great players coach, amazing. X's and O's, amazing. Master motivator, amazing. And he had a certain level of success, right? And, you know, but it don't have to be that way. It could be Kyle Shanahan's way. But if you are going to do it Kyle Shanahan's way, you have to win. And if you're not winning, it starts to wear on guys. Because you need everybody all bought in. You need them bought in. And if you're doing those things and you're not winning, what are they kind of buying into, especially this long into his tenure? All right, uh, here we go. We got Aaron. When is team uh, when this team finally makes the switch to trade, the players will have a better sense of direction and they will be able to focus for. I agree. They'll know where they stand. They know what's going to happen. And again, I want to make it clear. Just because they eventually go to Trey Lance does not mean that he's going to change the current circumstances that this team is in. The team is isn't going to automatically go from a team that's, you know three and five and losing to all of a sudden you turn, you, you go to him and all of a sudden you're just winning all these games. No, there's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. The biggest thing that you want to look for is progression. But like you said, they'll know what's going on. They'll know where this team is headed and it'll give them something to be confident with moving forward. And not just for the players, but for the fans as well. All right, here we go. Got my guy Doughboy on. Doughboy, what's good, boy? What's happening, man? Top of the morning. Oh, top of the morning, man. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so yeah, first things first, I just feel like this whole locker room is just poison right now, man. And it's just sad to see. It's, it's I've never, I can't never remember when the Niners was like this. I remember we was doing bad, but not like, it's just, it's just too much, man. Like, I think what you're saying right now is, yeah, it's, we don't, we don't understand why it's this way. Right, like like in previous years, even with Kyle Shanahan, you can understand it. Like you can make excuses for him and whatnot. In the years with Chip Kelly and Tom Sula, it was just like, oh, this team kind of sucks. They had a mass exodus in 2014. I think that right. that kind of gets overlooked in the demise of the 49ers in the fall. Like Harbaugh that last year had a bad locker room. Uh, obviously, the dynamics between Harbaugh and Jet York was really weird and bulky. That whole thing was just a disaster. Uh, after that year, everybody left. And you can see that, like, damn, we suck, right? 2015, damn, we suck. 2016, <laughs> damn, we suck. And you can make, I think, when you look at those situations as opposed to right now, it was easier to understand why. Right now, and I think I'm hearing your frustrations right, we don't know why we're so bad, and that's probably the frustrating thing about it. And so, and so, so check this out. So it's like, I'm, I'm checking out all these players when they get on the mic, right? And two things that stand out to me. One is... Everybody's still behind Jimmy. Two, they really don't respect Kyle like that. Like, they, you know, the coaching is the first thing that they throw under the bus whenever they get asked those questions as far as, you know, why 
are you missing out on this play or why did you miss read this, yada, yada, yada. Oh, well, we wasn't prepared. We wasn't, you know, he wasn't coached on that. And so I, I, can, I, I can see it to where it's like they almost feel as if my boss is an idiot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm <laughs> this is our king. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the hell? Like, and, 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 and it sucks too. I want everybody, please go, go watch that Colin Kaepernick um, in black and white because I can relate. I'm from San Jose, but I graduated class of 04 at, at Stag and I play sports, only black running back, all the, you know what I'm saying? So I've experienced those situations on the 99 every weekend. I know what that feel like, that discrimination and all that. And then to be looking for that approval by a white man, as he says, right? And it's like, I'm looking at trade. I'm like, damn, like, he damn near going through that right now as far as, but I'm not saying Kyle's racist or anything like that. What I'm saying as far as he's looking well, for that Kyle approval like and Kyle's like that. Quarterback, right? Like, cause that was Colin's thing, right? Where in high school at Turlock, it was, they were looking for the prototypical guy. Like what does the prototypical quarterback look like? And it didn't look like uh, Colin Kaepernick. And right now what right. you're saying is Trey Lance maybe doesn't look like the prototypical guy. So, you know, it's like, well, we're going to go with this now. But the only difference is, I'll say, and which is a big difference, Kyle handpicked Trey Lance. So maybe he does want to get it to where it does look more, quote-unquote, prototypical and whatever that means. But uh, see, I would say that's, I, I, that's the difference I, where, you know, Colin was someone who's like, hey, I want to play quarterback. Yeah. See, I understand that much, right? But still, Kyle is the type of person where it's like, He'll bash you to the public. Like, look how he was bashing Jimmy all through the spring. I'm, I'm thinking Jimmy was gone. I'm telling everybody, like, yeah, it's over with. We're going to get yada, yada, yada. The next thing I know, now it's a, you know, summer camp, dual battle, whatever they call it. You telling me Trey was the best for two days, and then after them two days, what happened? Like, you know what I'm saying? You start making it harder on him. Now, then when he went in there and played, and, did, and we all – think you did great you know you want to jump on the mic and oh yeah you know it wasn't perfect you know I've seen some things and it's like come on man and you got him running a whole nother offense like you're not even being I, I it's like it's, you're not really being fair to this dude like that to make him feel like you're going to do something for him in the future and that's how a lot of us feel it's like are you really going to get rid of the staff? Like, cause don't have him working with the same staff that Jimmy had. Please don't do that. If anything else, <laughs> please don't do that. But yeah, I know you got more people to get to now, but I just wanted to get that off my chest, man. Cause it's just, it's, it's all on Kyle, bro. And it's like, he looks miserable. He looked like he knows that <laughs> he knows his fault. He know it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, thank you though. Thank you though for, uh, for your time, man. All good. All good. One one thing that our guy Joe Boy said that kind of resonated with me too is, you know, Kyle and his handling of Trey Lance and how, you know, maybe some things weren't good enough for Kyle Shanahan. And if you kind of go back to the, was it Mike Silver article where he's talking about it, right? And he's like, Trey Lance started off hot. And they're like, okay, like this dude's on fire. Talked about Matt Mayoko, who Mayoko – he ain't going to say like some just to say, and he's like, dude, this, this kid is much better than what I was expecting to see. He's playing at a very high level, but 
every day in the media, when Kyle Shanahan is asked about it, what does he do? He downplays it, right? Oh, uh, yeah, no, no, there is no quarterback controversy. No, there is no quarterback battle. No, Jimmy Garoppolo is our starter. And it's tough to know exactly what that did to a young Trey Lance who is putting his best foot forward. He's going all in. He's making plays. He's doing this. The teammates are seeing it. And Kyle's like, nah. And I think when you see in Mike Silver's article where he's like, what, you know, Trey Lance, he lost confidence. I wonder if that alluded to it. I wonder if that was something that made Lance lose confidence where it's like, damn, I'm doing everything right. I'm making the explosive plays and I can't get no reps with the ones. You know what I'm saying? And then when you do, it's like, oh, I get one rep with the ones. So when it comes to Trey Lance, maybe kind of, you know, some confidence. And again, I don't know. This is just me trying to read between the lines. I wonder if that handling had any effect on the way that Trey Lance uh, ended up ultimately kind of losing his confidence. And again, I mean, I didn't see that on the field. I thought he played confident, but it's probably tough going into a battle where it's just like, I just know I'm not going to start because the coach is saying I'm not. Uh, and again, I don't know the ins and outs of all that, but that's how it came across. My guy, Ben, what's good, man? Hey, can you hear me, Croc? Yes, sir. I got you. You still got that mustache? Uh, yeah, I do, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, recovering from a little sickness right now. So I, I probably look like crap, but, uh, <laughs> no, I just <laughs> wanted to, um, no, thanks. Um, I, I, I wanted to talk about something today. Um, that I've been kind of thinking about for a little bit that I, I, I feel like the worst the worst part about this kind of organization in front office and the big mistake I, I feel like they've made is self-evaluation, you know? Um, I, I don't feel like they've been able to, at least since 2019, look themselves in the mirror and, and be honest with what they're seeing. And, I, you know, I, I feel like that's maybe slightly ego-driven by Kyle probably a little bit by the front office uh, and I, I, I you know I, I've come on here last few weeks and Croc I told you before about how I feel about the rest of the organization the front office so I'm not going to get too into that but I, I, I just I think for a guy like Kyle to to kind of still have this attitude that he does where he he's never wrong and you know it's it, it's just the same old same old like you were talking about, you know, 2017, 2018 earlier, right? How, like, even in those years when they were losing, you, you could justify some of the losses. And, and you could even point to things that were positives. And you could say, hey, look, right. in 2017, they were close in all these games. And, and they were, like, you know, one-score games a, a lot of the time. And I don't know. It just it seems like they haven't been able to – look honestly at their roster since they went to the Super Bowl and they've been trying to replicate it ever since. And, you know, I know that's what people said going into the season, but I, I just think the franchise needs direction right now. And that's what I feel like there's a real lack of is that it doesn't really feel like there is any direction with this franchise right now, even though there is like a path for the future with Trey Lance, they, they haven't really bought into that. And I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm disappointed in Kyle more than anything, Croc, because I feel like we just have such higher expectations for him. And I think that's what people are hearing in my voice, right? It, it's not that when I look at Kyle Shanahan or I think about Kyle Shanahan in theory, I, I think that he's a terrific coach. You know, I think that he's the right guy for the job. The results haven't been that, and then the way that everything has kind of transpired this year, where maybe they over 
estimated, and, and I see a comment here, right? Appreciate the contribution. Uh, Shanahan said yesterday that the Niners' top three picks weren't brought in to start right away, either overestimated his current team or overestimated the draft picks. And I would say to that, I, I think because most people, you look at it, your first-round pick is going to play. But when your first-round pick is a quarterback and you have Jimmy on the roster, I get it in the sense of him not having a start. Now, your guard, you draft a guard second round and your starting guard is, is Brunskill, I would assume that the, the expectations are for that guard to come in because drafting the guard second round that's still high obviously oh it's if you it's are, crazy Croc. You are, sorry sorry yeah sorry to cut you off go ahead, but like go ahead. i've been no, getting into thing. the draft no i've been getting into the draft more recently croc and like I'm, I'm i'm super interested specifically in you know what positions get picked in certain rounds what you know areas people select them in and for the 49ers to take a guard at that spot and then just put them on ice I'm sorry. It's utterly ridiculous, and it's it's like it's laughable. I, I, I the crazy part is Croc. Like I think about three four weeks ago, um, I was just looking over the draft class, right? And I was looking at all of the guards taken after Aaron Banks on uh, day two. Every single one of them had played besides Aaron Banks up until that point. Most of them had gotten at least like 60, 70, 80 snaps. So it's not wow. even that like like. E you know, you're not playing a guard in the second round, right? But then for for you to select a guard that high and for the rest of the guards after him or centers to actually get playing time, and, and this is a guy you won't even dress, like, it, it's insane. And uh, it's, it's just really frustrating because, I, like I said, I, I, I don't understand the direction of the franchise. Like, if you're going to take a guard in the second round with a guy like Bunskill there, you have no good reason not to start him. And, and, and like, w with them saying, oh, we didn't bring in our, our top three picks to play right away, ugh, I, I hate that answer. I mean, I, I know not every draft pick's going to be ready, but to have that kind of attitude and mindset towards your, your first two days of your draft class, like, it really shows me that this team was trying to build in two directions. They were trying to build for the future. They're trying to build for the present this offseason. And when they tried to do both, they kind of epically failed. And <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I kind of wanted to end on this, Croc. And I was, you know, you, you brought this up right right before you brought me on. Um, so I'll, I'll just make this quick while I end off here with, with yeah, Trey. Um, I just, I think the thing right now, to me, that's the, the most annoying thing is that, uh, with Kyle, uh, he, he's going to, the, the hot seat's going to keep getting hotter. Like, I don't think he's going to get fired this season necessarily, but I don't think he's doing himself any favors. I mean, that's obvious. But the, the one thing that could actually get the fans off his back, that could get media back on his side, the one thing that could actually help out Kyle's case and, and, get, and get this, whatever funk this is and however people feel about him right now, like, if he had just been playing Trey and they had the same win-loss record and Trey Lance was progressing week after week and looking like a potential you know future starting really like good caliber quarterback I don't think people would be even close to as upset as they are now because it's all about Trey and that that's what I always come back to Croc that's what I felt like all offseason is that you know when you drafted him when you did what you did it was always going to be about him so for them to just right. keep putting this off, like, I, 
I think for Kyle's own self-preservation, he's got to play Trey at some point. Like, I, I really think, you know, like I said, I don't think he's going to get fired necessarily, but if he, if he actually is interested in keeping his job for the long term and, and, and trying to, you know, uh, try, trying to keep the fans, the front office, Jed and his good graces, like get Trey playing and, and and get him rolling with an offense that that looks like it has a future to it, right? And, and instead of this Jimmy Garoppolo right. offense, which we know exactly what it is, like Jimmy's playing fine. In fact, Jimmy's probably he, he's playing really really good right now for for what he is. But it, it ultimately it just doesn't matter because we know Jimmy's not going to be here next year, and. It's it's all it's always all been about Trey Lance. So I just don't understand just for his own self preservation, Kyle not playing Trey. So I have a question for you before you uh, hang up. Yeah. Why do you think the 49ers are losing? <sighs> I oof, that's a that's a great question. Um, I, I I think they're losing because. First of all, I think they have zero leadership on this team. Um, I, I think you look at what happened since 2019. They, they lost, lost Robert Sala, Richard Sherman, um, you know, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm uh, Joe Staley, DeForest Buckner. That was the entire leadership council of the 49ers, I feel like. And I feel like when you take that away and when you try and plug and play those guys and, and then you just try and rinse, wash, repeat, like – I don't know what other expectations people can really have other than this, because I feel like that's what this organization did is they're like, Oh, you know, they, 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 they kind of downplayed certain aspects of what worked really well for them in 2019. And then I don't know, I, I, I guess, like I was saying earlier, Croc, I feel like they've just misevaluated everything and that's why they are where they are now. Yeah. That's tough, man. Hey, Ben, real quick, uh, let Sorry. everybody know because you are involved. You know, you are involved in the 49ers uh, content creator space. So let everybody know where they can find all your work. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Croc. Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, YouTube. You can check me out. I'll be streaming a lot more uh, these upcoming weeks. Ben Meyerson, that's my name. But you can just find me on Twitter at by Ben Meyerson. I'll drop it in the chat in a minute. And uh, yeah, just go give me a follow. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll certainly keep uh, people entertained. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good, man. Appreciate you call calling in. Thanks, Croc. I appreciate it. All right, here we go. Next up, we got my guy Ryan. But first, I kind of want to elaborate a little bit more on uh, on the super chat right there where Shanahan said yesterday the top three picks weren't brought in to play right away, either overestimate his current team or draft picks. And he didn't just stop there. I think he kind of you know talked about uh, Ambry Thomas, Diamond Lenore, uh, those guys as well. And I'd say I I understand it, but then I don't. I think there are two there are two guys that from that class you would expect them to start with where they were taken. One, Aaron Banks for sure, a guard. And Ben talked about it. All the other guards that were even just taken after him or before him, they're all playing. Aaron Banks is the one guy that's not. All right, you expect a guard to come in and start. Period. Especially when you draft him second round. That's kind of high for a guard. And then when you trade up multiple picks to move up to draft a running back, which they drafted Trey Sermon. Running back, especially in the third round, that, again, is a guy you are expecting to play. You're expecting him to come in and start. Now, let's say Eliza Mitchell is just better than you expected, so he's the guy. And I get it. I'm really liking him each week. I think he grows as a runner. 
I, you know, watch him in the passing game. He's doing terrific. If you want to say like Elijah Mitchell is going to be the starter and maybe you could have flipped the picks or whatever, great. But to not even have Trey Sermon active, to not play him at all, to have him so disgruntled that he takes all his stuff off of social media and doesn't want anything to do with the 49ers. Like that's, 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 you're doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong. And I don't know if it's Kyle. I don't know if it's the position coaches, Bobby Turk. I don't know who it is, but they're going to have to figure it out because there's something going on here. And like I said, I've played for a coach that had that tough, like hard nosed mentality that like made you feel real uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? I played for that guy. We won a championship. If you're winning, then nobody would complain. I was miserable, but we're winning. I'm getting paid good money. All right, whatever. But when you're losing and that coach is like that, it starts to kind of wear on you guys. It starts to wear on guys and it starts to, you know, guys just start kind of, man, I don't need this. I don't need this. So Kyle, he can stay how he is, but he's going to have to start winning some football games. The head coach is psychologically damaged goods. I think that, 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 that might be it too. And you hear some people talk about how his dad is, dad was, and I saw the Jake Plummer thing, and we did see his dad win the Super Bowls. Um, his dad, come on, man, he, he coached Hall of Famers, right? He coached Steve Young. He's an officer coordinator. Like, yeah, Steve Young's hella good, right? He's been learning from Bill Walsh, right? They've been winning. So he was the officer coordinator for the 49ers. 94, they won a Super Bowl. Okay. He ends up winning, I believe it was two Super Bowls to Broncos, right? And he's like, well, I got John Elway. Who had, I believe, didn't John Elway go to, no, that's Buffalo. I'm trying to think that John Elway go to previous Super Bowls. But anyways, you win Super Bowl two with John Elway, another one, Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, quarterback. So, but when you hear how Shanahan was with, uh, who was it, uh, Jake Plummer, and how Plummer was like, his heart, like, it just wore on him. And it was like, man, like, I felt like nothing I did was good enough for Mike Shanahan. And after time, it just kind of makes you lose confidence. Same thing we've heard kind of a little bit from the whole trade hand situation. So Kyle's going to have to figure it out. And I think when you have somebody that – I see somebody. Terrell Davis won the Super Bowl. He's definitely a big-time contributor. I think when you have somebody that maybe is a little bit more seasoned than can handle it, I think I think Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's lost – now he's, you know, he's an eight-and-a-half-year vet, eight-year vet, whatever it is. So he's able to play through some things. But I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is another one where – he necessarily, I'm pretty sure there were times where he felt like maybe the coach wasn't necessarily behind him and that nothing he did was good enough for the coach. And kind of threw his coach under the bus a little bit saying, hey, I just I just do what the coach uh, tells me to do. <laughs> All right, here we go. Next caller. I got Ryan. What's good, man? What's good? What's good, Crockett, man? How you doing this morning? Oh, man, I'm good, man. Thanks for being patient. I know. You Gucci. Um, first thing, um, you know Brian Baldinger, right? So yeah, of course. Brian, Brian Barding was on the KNBR three years ago before he went to the Super Bowl in you know, the 17 and 18 season. He was saying, this is why I don't like how Shanahan's starting off early in his career. He said, they turn the ball over too much. Too much they turn the ball over. Like their plus minus in um, turnover ratio at the end of the year was like 11 the first year and then eight the next year. Super Bowl year was like plus four, which is decent. But then since like, if you update the stat they're minus 44 right now that's mm. like the second worst in the league over the last five years mm. he said it 
four years ago, the sign of bad coaching is turnovers plus minus. And we consistently have been bad. Therefore, there's something going on with the teaching. There's something going on with who he has helped teaching personnel groups. And it also has something with them not understanding what it is that we're going to consistently do. The details, the minor things that we know, if you keep the turnovers down, you usually will be in games or be able to win games. That's the first thing Baldy said. The second thing was this. Um, they had Lorenzo Neal get on there. He said the same sentiments. And he also said there's something wrong in the inside of their locker room with the players being able to um, know how to say players, coach players almost kind of hold each other accountable. He said the issue with that is because we get the draft. How can you say we're trying to win this year, but then the players you draft sit, and then they see players who probably was good for the team to add depth get kicked out for roster spots for players who not even playing. So you got players who want to play this year looking like, God, dog, you say you want to win. We have players that y'all say we're not even going to allow to play on the team that could help us win. And then the players that you say that we want to draft as well ain't going to help us win either because they got to sit to get experience. That's causing issues in the locker room because Kyle don't know how to communicate effectively because he's double-minded in the things that he's trying to do, which leads to a bad team, a bad locker room, which we see the product where we're always saying, well, dog, how are they losing? Because there's so much indecisiveness that's going on, man. And Kyle has the freedom because no one, he has that one Super Bowl team that keeps giving them passes. And that's a really big issue with our personnel grouping that we see. Everybody mad at Miko Ryans. Dude, he was missing two starting safeties, a starting cornerback, um, a starting DN and D4 who they pay a lot of money for, another starting linebacker who they pay a lot of money for, um, a defensive tackle who they play a lot of money for guys. <laughs> you're going to start getting you're going to start getting ran through on the defense end as well, and then you got an offense that don't consistently make third down conversion. We're still 29th in the league in third down conversion. So, I mean, come on, man, this dude playing with his hands behind his back. Our offense can't yeah. score touchdowns, or they turn the ball over, and then when I finally get the ball back, you I'm over here playing with needle and thread, and it's wet. It's about to break any second now, and we can't get no type of pizzazz, no type of swag or anything. So there's a multitude of things that's going on with the Niners right now, and this is why we see what we see on the field. Bad product. That was a, that was a great call, especially you know talking about the injuries on defense because I do think a lot of people they look at the defense right now and it's not playing as well. It's kind of looked at, and I talked about it with the game plan of D'Amico Ryan's. I I thought. The last couple of game plans weren't good, right? Uh, versus the Bears or versus the Arizona Cardinals. Like, whatever he was expecting, you could tell that the team did the opposite and he didn't have any answer for it. But there is something to say for really not having certain guys out there, not having your two top safeties for it. However, everybody feels about Jimmy Ward or Jaquiski Tart. You know, those guys could do certain things in coverage that Hufunga and Tavon Wilson just can't do. And, mm-hmm. you know, it does hurt to have to play a you know, Josh Norman instead of having Jason Verrett out there, right? Like, and it's one thing to have a guy miss a game or two because they're banged up. Also, another thing when it's like, damn, I, I lose my best corner first game of the season at a time when the 49ers were up, what, 41-17 or whatever it was when he went down. So um, that's a great point to kind of talk about the defense. And at this time, 
is more of what I was expecting. The offense has to kind of carry the defense through this transition. And right now, like you said, with the 49ers being, what, 29th in the NFL on third down conversions, it's just not happening. And, again, that's on Kyle because he's the offensive innovator. He's the genius. He's the this. He has a healthy offensive roster. But for whatever reason, things just aren't clicking, man. Oh, and one more sad. quick thing. One more one more quick thing. Um, I was hearing guys who was at the game, right? They were saying, you know how you can be at the game and you're watching the sidelines, the body language, yeah. the energy, the more like you really, there's nobody over there that is bringing and galvanizing the team together. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like if something goes bad, it's like, ah, it's bad. And then it's kind of, you know, people just keep on walking. You don't necessarily see the the top players or the captains coming, getting the guys together. Like, hey, man, um, we had two fumbles. It's all right, but look, let's it's, it's early in the game. Let's let let's get together. Let's let's really go forth and push. You know what I'm saying? The issue. Let's you know let's rally. You know behind where you are. What eight and well, we lost our last nine home games. Let, like, come on, guys. Let's not give up. Let, let's keep on pressing. We kind of like start a sulk. You know what I mean? And I think that's part of the head coach too. Like, you know how to say the team takes the identity of their leader. You know, and the best thing for the four nines be on Monday night. Put trigger trade out there on Monday night and watch that crowd go bananas, win, lose, or draw, and we'll begin to change the tide. Hey, Ryan, real quick, uh, Miss Debbie asked, "What was your uh, Twitter? Do you have a Twitter account?" Uh, I have twins. I got two sets of huh? twins. No, no, no. Do you have a no? Do you have a Twitter account? <laughs> That's it. Two sets of twins. Yes. Oh, okay. Hi. Put that in the chat. Put that in the chat. And then, so when you get into the chat, put that in there. Then we'll get everybody to follow me because you have great insight. All right, man. Thank you, man. All right. Appreciate you. Hey, hey, by the way, they were calling you Black Jesus and they were calling you Ricky Williams. So just so you know. <laughs> they said you look like man. the Black Jesus on the wall, you know, in the Black folks' home. That, that picture of Black Jesus, they said you look like that. <laughs> you know, it's Christmas time, too. Look. Christmas yeah, time so, so now you're Santa Claus. <laughs> All right, man. All right, Ryan. Appreciate right, you, man. dog. <laughs> that was good. And that was good insight. That was a good caller. Uh, Miss Debbie, thanks for asking for his uh, Twitter account because that was something I, I, I never thought to ask for. Um, but definitely a, a good, insightful caller. So I always appreciate those. And here we go. Should be the last caller of the day. Yo, yo, yo. yo. Yo, what up, man, dude? I was dying right there because I did not know what the <laughs> hell he was talking about. He said, I got a pair of twins. I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, I'm but like, no, nah, uh, man. I'm like, no, what's your Twitter account? He's like, yeah, that's my Twitter account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was just like, just lost. But either way, um, all right, great caller. Great callers in general. Um, you know, it, it, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you, what, what, what do you want to know? You want to know the conspiracy theory that's going around in all the Twitter spaces or do you want me to... Say the obvious that's been since week one of this team that everybody's now finally okay with saying that that Kyle Shanahan's the problem. Like, wh which one do you want? Let's pick. Let's start with Kyle Shanahan's the problem. Wait, wait, okay. wait, 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 wait. First, yeah, we've been mm -hmm. fairly critical, yeah, as yeah. we should be, of Kyle Shanahan and the whole operation that's running right now. But before we get into some more criticism of Kyle Shanahan, the head coach. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me one positive thing that you like that's going on with the 49ers right now? Yeah, I can. Um, I, I guess you could say some of the rookies, uh, such as Mitchell and Jalen Moore. I like his play. I, I think that, you know, um, like 
there are there are good rookies. In my opinion, there are overrated rookies on this team. I think Hufanga is one of the more overrated ones. I don't hate him as a player. I just think he lacks too much talent to play that that strong safety position. And it was evident whenever um, Colt McCoy threw that fifty yard bomb to to you know um, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. There you go. And to me, I was just like, you know, everybody was trying to defend him in the Twitter spaces. But, you know, I, I understand, though, because he's going to be people's favorite because he is good at some things like in the box safety play. And he's very good at tackling. He's very good when you tell him to do something within the box. He's very great at it, in my opinion. You know, and I think there there's some good traits about him that I like. And there's the lack of talent that I hate, you know. So so whenever people tell me that, you know, we want to replace Jaquiski Tart with Hufanga, I'm just like, I'm not comfortable comfortable with it personally because I think that Hufanga just lacks that talent. There's nothing you can do to improve him in his talent pool. However, can he do things pre-snap to get in better position? Can he do certain things that I don't even know about that to, to make sure that that Christian Christian Kirk play um, you know, is a little bit better challenged? Maybe, but I don't want to take that chance. Because in it, in it, let's just say that if we're in a Super Bowl in the AFC side, you're going up, you're going up against Stephon Diggs, you're going up against Tyreek Hill. There is not a realistic ability that he has that can stop that. In my opinion, right. if they were to ever look at that on your defense, they would see that as a weakness. They would exploit it and they will kill you. And I get it that people want him to be this Troy Polamalu Jr., but I'm not buying it. I like him. Well, Troy Polamalu was a four three, and, and yeah, that's the difference. So I mean, you do yeah, have people. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have yeah, people in the people, comments that are asking, that. what do you mean? Yeah, well, they're in, in, in the comments, they're asking you, what do you mean by he lacks talent? And you're not saying it's that he's deep. not a talented football player. You're just saying that yeah. from an athletic standpoint, which in the NFL right now, especially a game in space, you do need guys that have big time, you know, athleticism from that standpoint, right? Like the speed and not mm -hmm. big time, but good enough speed, right? Like even me, I, I wasn't, first of all, yeah. not Hufunga. I was not any of these guys, but- in coverage, I had enough speed. I wasn't a speedster. I understood my weaknesses. I had enough mm -hmm. speed. I think when you look at Hufunga, that was one thing that I pointed out. And we did a we did a, a full film breakdown on here. Uh, and it was like, a, it, it, I mean, like an hour long. So if you go back to like right after the draft, you'll see it. The biggest thing was he was always a step, not always. A lot of times he was like just a step off, like just a step mm -hmm. from being able to make a play, like a step from uh, being able to make like that tackle. Um, you could see sometimes where just the, the lack of talent, as you say, but you know, overall athleticism yeah. made him maybe miss out on a play that you would have liked to see him be able to make, or maybe well, Tart would have made that play or Ward would have made that play. So I think, and I was saying this, I wondered what, what teams, if they can start to single him up, and put him in positions and start the scheme against him, what would it look like? And I think on that 50-yard play, we saw that. Or on the screenplay mm -hmm. where uh, uh, our guy, uh, uh, oh. the, the running back. Uh, Al, uh, you're talking about – wait, our running back or theirs? No, the, the the Cardinals. Uh, James Conner? That had cancer. That came, Yeah, James Conner. Um, yeah. On that big play, look who's chasing him. <laughs> yeah. It was Hufunga. <laughs> he had no chance. So that yeah. is one thing where – just that overall lack of talent, as you say, but athleticism, I think that's where it, it kind of hurts him. But yeah, you wanted to come on here and talk about some other things, and you were talking about uh, Kyle Shanahan. So we're going to get to Kyle Shanahan and then go ahead yeah. and get to your conspiracy theories on social media. Okay, okay. 
okay, so as far as Kyle, um, breakdown of Kyle, well, I- I'm just surprised that it took everybody this long, honestly. And I'm not saying that I hate people for being more positive than I am, because, I mean, I remember when I called onto the show a while back, everybody was still iffy on giving up on Kyle, which is fine. You know, it- it's not to sit here and say that you guys don't have that right to wait to see more turmoil before you could finally give in to say, all right, I think Kyle Shanahan's a problem, which is fine. You know, the, the, um, I, I think that, you know, Kyle, to me, it, it's evident that he's not going to get better with us because of a few things. One of them is because of decision-making. He is terrible decision-making. Like, you know, him, let's just think of him <laughs> as a coach, right? He yeah. can play design. He can play design like a badass, right? He's like one of the best play designers out there. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter about your play designs if your play calling doesn't doesn't resonate with it. And not only that, but if you have the wrong personnel in there, such as Jimmy Garoppolo, what, what, what's the point of me giving you praise? At the end of the day, you could design up something, and if Jimmy's not going to throw to someone wide open, then who cares? That's your decision to put Jimmy Garoppolo in there to begin with. You right. know, and I'm not saying that Trey Lance will fix everything because this team has more holes around the board than just the quarterback spot. I'm just using that for an example. But why trade up for <laughs> Sermon? Why trade up for Sermon? Oh, this that's for my bad. Somebody said his decision making is like Westbrook. <laughs> hey, hey, hey I, that's funny. Might be worse. We're might good. be worse. Surprisingly, you know. Yeah, but go <laughs> but, ahead. But, but, keep, hey, it's true though. But yeah, I, I just think that Kyle is just a terrible decision maker all over the board when it comes to drafting, when it comes to player personnel, when it comes down to um, just just play calling in the wrongest moments, you know, like and I get it where, where someone like Jack Hammer said that, you know, well, we couldn't run the ball more than 10 times because we fumbled twice. Right. And to me, it's just like, well, you would have a good point if you had a different quarterback right there. But if you have Jimmy Garoppolo, you can't afford to run it only 10 times. You can't do that because Jimmy's not the kind of guy to put the team on his back and put you back in the game. He's not that kind of guy. So I get it where Jack Hammer was saying that, yeah, you you're, you you can't run it more than 10 times because we had to catch up with the passing game. But the problem is you don't have the quarterback to come up with the passing game. You don't have that. So, Kyle, what's going on, dude? You, you don't understand how to run the ball. when You have to run the ball. You, you, ain't, you can't just tell Jimmy to throw 40 times. And, and, you know, it's just embarrassing that th- this is our guy that people still believe in. And, and don't get me wrong. If you believe in fine, I-, I will agree to disagree. But at the end of the day, he shows you more than enough decision making and pouting like a damn baby in the pressers where this guy will never get better, people. He's 41 years old. He's not going to improve on himself. He just isn't that kind of guy. He is who he is. Until he gets fired, until he learns from some, you know, some ass whooping in a way, you know, metaphorically speaking, then he ain't going to change. He has all this power and he doesn't see himself as a problem whenever he's in any presser. And that alone tells me that I'm giving up on him. I'm done with him. And as far as him with Trey Lance, I can care less. Some people say give him one year with Trey Lance because, you know, he deserves that right. I don't think so. You're not even, you're not even utilizing him right now. And Jimmy's a liability. So that's just how I feel about that. And then the last thing I'll say with the conspiracy that I want to get your your answer from, right? Because this is going crazy in the spaces. Okay, so you know how Kyle and John are stubborn to trade Jimmy away, right? Like they they want more for for him, pretty much. 
So the conspiracy theory goes that whenever you look at Kyle in a game and you're and you see that he's mad at Jimmy, he's pissed at Jimmy, he wants Jimmy to do things that he can't, and he's just always frustrated. It is said that Kyle, because he couldn't trade him in the offseason, someone above him is telling him that he has to play Jimmy because we're spending $27 million for him, and you couldn't trade him for what I wanted in the offseason. Do you think that that's even a possibility? That someone told him, if you couldn't trade, if we can't trade him for this much in the offseason, you better play him the whole regular season because I'm spending $27 million on him. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, that's definitely something that, I mean, at the end of the day, there's always going to be some sort of roster politics, right? Um, now, first round, you know, number three overall pick quarterback, like typically he's going to start in the, in the situation or get worked in fairly early. The only offset is when you have a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo who has played and won games for the 49ers. The big holdup is $27 million sitting on the bench, which I think a lot of people have an issue with that high up. Right. So I think I don't know if that's necessarily like the reason as to why that's going on right now. I think it was more so about Kyle truly feeling like Jimmy was better off starting because he can run the offense. Like he just had faith in him being able to run the offense efficiently and effectively. Mm -hmm. The issue is the 49ers aren't winning and it's not because of Jimmy. You know what I'm saying? So we could talk about Jimmy uh, and first let's talk about what Jimmy is and what he isn't. Jimmy, yes, more times than not, is going to be somebody who doesn't lose you the game but doesn't win you the game, right? And what I mean yeah, by doesn't lose you the exactly. game or doesn't win you the game is games like the Arizona Cardinals game. It comes off as he did everything that he could do, right? Like that's how it comes off. Like mm -hmm. this is not on Jimmy. And I agree. It is not on Jimmy why the 49ers lost. But there is another side to that to where some players are able to elevate their team in certain situations. We've seen Jimmy do it a couple times, right? Like the the, the Saints game where things just kind of <laughs> broke his way a little bit and he was able to kind of overcome some things. It wasn't all him, but it was a situation yeah. where 49ers needed him to play at a certain level. And ultimately, he ended up being able to kind of get them there. Uh, mm -hmm. now there was a fourth and two pass. He just threw the ball to Kittle and he ran for 50 yards. But anyways, um, or the Hail Mary where, uh, 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 Emmanuel Sanders the threw the DB down and caught the ball and you know what I'm saying? Oh, but anyways, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But we've, it, you can look at Cardinals games from 2019 where I think both times Jimmy Garoppolo ended up playing at a really high level. Right. But I think the issue with Jimmy is mm -hmm. he typically doesn't play above the X's and O's. And we've heard that term kind of be thrown out there a lot, right? And that's what I mean. Like, if things are clicking, Jimmy's typically efficient. If you need mm -hmm. Jimmy to make multiple plays and multiple big throws, he's probably not going to be that guy, especially if it's not there. Now, again, point to a game against the, the Rams where uh, it was um, he had to convert on two-third and 16 plays or whatever. And he converted on both of those. And that was big time. And I would say if we got more of that from Jimmy Garoppolo, we probably wouldn't be upset. Matter of fact, if we got more of that from Jimmy this year, I think Jimmy would, you know, people would be chill. But I think right now he's not really helping the 49ers win games. He's just also not the reason why they're losing.
And again, I don't yeah. want to come off as somebody that um, I see like the terms thrown out there all the time about Jimmy's uh, sexuals or something and Jimmy haters and stuff <laughs> like that. Like, I don't care about any of that, dude. Like, it, it is what it is. Like, this situation is what it is. I like Jimmy. I know what Jimmy is and what he isn't. And I think he's mm -hmm. a fine quarterback. But in a time like this, you need somebody a little bit more than fine. And I'm just not sure that's exactly who he is. Yeah. The only thing I blame. Okay. So me, I'm going to be honest with you. I hate Jimmy a lot. Now, but that isn't to say that I'm biased <laughs> about Jimmy, right? I, I'm not no, biased about him? him. I'm not biased. Okay. Why do you okay. Hate I him? personally, okay. 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 I'll personally say why I hate him, right? He, when we signed him, right? We expected him to work on his mechanics. He didn't do it. We expected him to put in the effort in the playbook, such as we see like Trey Lance. We don't see that. You know, and, and there How are do people we know that are open. How? Well, because of the reporting over the years, the reporting over, you never heard of this guy being the most studious person like Trey Lance right away. What? I'm not saying that they had the iPad efficiency thing where they could tell us, but I'm just saying we never have got a report of this guy working so damn hard. We never, and maybe, maybe he was, but at the end of the day, his mechanics don't show it. He never <laughs> worked on those mechanics. And, and in fact, why all of a sudden the Trey Lance comes here now you're mobile in the pocket? What happened to that the previous two seasons? You know, like Injury, it took Trey Lance to come here. And then not only that, but it took Trey Lance for you to try to throw deep balls in the pot after practice. What is going well, he on? He said that Kyle, he said he's willing to do those things, but Kyle Shanahan, that he just does what Kyle asked him to do. That's what Jimmy said. I know, but you I, okay, for me personally, as a quarterback of the Niners, I think that you you have to improve on yourself before I buy into you. I've seen the same Jimmy, if not worse, over time with him. And he has to learn on those mechanic issues that he had. I mean, he still has them. I mean, he's throwing off foot. You know, I don't know why you can't get that. Like, I'm not saying for you to be Joe Montana and Steve Young because that's unrealistic. That's very unrealistic. And, and it's not fair to set someone up like that. However, there are things about Jimmy that I just felt like he was never fully in. And, and if he was, right, if, if you say he was, then it's Kyle's fault to begin with to, 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 to use him as an excuse for these losing seasons. He uses him as an excuse for the losing season, in my opinion. And Kyle is the number one, in my opinion, most hated person right now to me on the Niners. Jimmy is a limited quarterback. He's mediocre to me. And I don't believe in him. Like, you know, I, it's not to say that he's a bad person personally, but I yeah. really think that he's the biggest cancer to ever come in my viewing of a Niner quarterback. He takes all the money. He doesn't work on the mechanics. He'll smile after, after a bad decision. He doesn't, he doesn't look like he has a chip on his shoulder. You can learn from Tom Brady and you can watch Tom Brady. But at the end of the day, you're not a dog like Tom Brady, bro. And that's what I hate when people, whenever he throws an interception, they give him the excuse, oh, he's going to come back harder. He's going to come back stronger. He's smiling on the sideline when they say that. And to me, it's I don't even know if he cares when he – it's not to say he doesn't, but it's like I don't think he cares enough. He's smiling on the sideline whenever the announcers are saying that, right? Personally – I don't hate him for an unbiased reason. I hate him for my reasons. It, let's just say the last game, right? The last game, he wasn't the number one reason why we lost. He wasn't. But the people that hate Jimmy unbiasedly, they will say that he's the reason why we lost that game. I don't believe that. Jimmy, right. to me, he wasn't the worst reason. It, 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 he just isn't the quarterback to, to put you back in that game. 
right? I don't right. think that that that's a bad thing to say. He just isn't that kind of quarterback. I'm not going to hate him for that. He wasn't the reason why we lost. But if you look at the Bears game, you know, it's something different. You know, I will give him the credit there. But the previous? Oh, hell no. That Colts game was terrible. <laughs> you know, but either way, Croc, thank you for, for your time. Thank you for your platform. And uh, shout out to BD Peacock and the Built Bars, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody have a great morning. Make that money and spend time with your family, man. Everybody have a good one. All right. All right. Appreciate you. Now, and everybody enjoyed that. That was that was good. That was good. That was entertaining at the very least. Um, I like when people speak their mind. And, and everybody that's in here, we got, what, 350 people watching right now. I'll give my opinion on things. But I love hearing your opinions, your perspectives. I'll never tell you that y'all are wrong. I might challenge you on certain things just to help me maybe understand a little bit more. But that was a great call. And um, he definitely challenged Kyle Shanahan. He definitely challenged Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, I like that. And they've been two guys that have gotten a lot of passes. But uh, that was good stuff. But we got one more guy coming on. And he wants to kind of go at some guys here based on what they're saying about Talanoa Hufunga. So here we go. Let's hear it. <laughs> this is a crock. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's not even because, yes, uh, Hufunga didn't have the greatest of game on Sunday. But, I mean, people see one play and start going crazy like, this is not our guy. Everybody loved him at first, right? Everybody like, oh, Hufunga starting. Oh, yeah, we're excited. One bad play. <laughs> He's not the guy. He needs to sit. And I'm mad because what I don't I don't like when people say cliche things like he lacks talent. I need you to expound upon it. Now you expounded upon it for him. But what like what do you mean lacks talent? We all knew he lacked the athleticism. We knew he wasn't the fastest safety out there. His best parts of his game was playing with instincts and stuff and getting and getting there uh first. Crop. Yeah, I'm listening. Hufunga's a rookie. We gotta let rookies be rookies and make mistakes. Tart made a lot of mistakes in that Colts game. Matter of fact, missed tackles, overran plays, uh, and I've seen Tart give up touchdowns multiple times. But oh, Tart is not. We we don't go crazy like oh, Tart is not the guy. He's come on, man. It's a rookie. Let him have his mistakes. Everybody's getting on Aaron Banks, right? Aaron Banks haven't played, but they're getting on him. Uh, people yeah. get on Trey Sermon. Like, you don't, none of these people let these rookies grow, let these rookies have mistakes. It is okay for a rookie to have mistakes. Imagine if Trey Lance was playing right now. Everybody wants him to play. I get his first three interception game, they are going to go in on Trey Lance. That's That's just how fans are. But we got to calm down with this. You see a negative play, he's not the guy anymore. And let's talk about Tart. Tart has Hold on, real quick. Complete- on Hufunga. Hold on, real quick. Someone said not being fast enough isn't a mistake. Okay. Like, what is that supposed to mean? What, he, what he's saying is you could talk about maybe like a mistake here and there from. Uh, from uh, you know Tart or whatever, but what he's saying is Hufunga, like he's just not fast enough. So like that's not a mistake. Like that's not something that he can just fix. I'm, that's but, what I'm assuming. Well, no, no, no. Okay, so okay, so okay, okay. So speed is not everything. 
uh, you can have a fast, strong safety, but they may not understand the game and they're going to suck. Speed is not everything. You got uh, Hufunga, based off of instincts, based off of smarts, let him learn. Because you know, Croc, once you're comfortable in the defense, once you know what an offense can do, you'll be able to be there first. You know football is not always about speed. It's always, it's about being there first. It's about technique, alignment, assignment, technique. It's not about speed. Speed doesn't do it. Speed doesn't do anything for me unless like you talented and you got speed. Then that turns into Troy Palomalu. I don't know why everybody had this whole mindset that he was Troy Palomalu. We said it on tons of occasions. I said it in spaces. I said he's not Troy Palomalu. Don't don't even think about that. He's not that. But he's somebody that who's always around the ball. He's going to make plays. He's a rookie again. I gotta say he's a rookie. He's not going to always make the play. He's not going to always be the guy that y'all think he can be in his first year. He's a fifth-round pick. Let the guy grow into the position. And again, let me get back on Tart. Tart is never there. Tart misses at least four to five games a year. That's who he is. That's what he will always be. We don't want him anymore. He's done. We can't keep relying on players who's always hurt year after year. Hurt, hurt, hurt year after year. I, again, we've seen multiple occasions. Croc, can you confirm? You've seen multiple occasions where Tart has given up plays. Yes, I can't confirm. Against the Colts, the he literally missed, a, I believe it was one of those uh, zone read plays, whatever. He missed it on it, whatever. They scored. I, I'm think I, I think it was one of those. It was something. The coach wasn't happy. The coaches were not happy. They set him down. And then he got hurt. Okay, whatever. Coaches want to see Hufunga play. Hufunga played very good, I believe, when he came in versus the Colts. I mean, he did. You know, they almost got him on one play. Um, the, the second game against the Bears, I thought he played really good. He started out well uh, – uh, against the Cardinals. He had a, you know, a tackle for loss, I believe, or close to it. Uh, and then, you know, they got him on that play. I mean, it happens, man. It happens. Yeah. Let rookies make mistakes. If Trey Lance plays, and this is what I'm scared of, if Trey Lance plays and he doesn't play well, this fan base is going to eat him alive. Well, they already Even did after maybe, the Cardinals game, and I thought he played well, like, in the Cardinals game. Oh, and it was like, uh, oh, no, well, then it was like, oh, well. no. He's not ready, you know. But I read off the yeah, stats I when mean, we first came in here and compared his stats to Justin Fields. And just imagine if maybe the Chicago Bears listened to the outside noise on even Justin Fields, right? We're seeing him bro. progress. We're seeing we're seeing even Fields after, progress. Even after a Bucks game, right? If I didn't watch that Bucks game, I would have thought Justin Fields was terrible, right? But then when you watch the Bucks game, because I, I watched it, I said, dang, bro, I feel bad for Justin Fields. He's surrounded by a bunch of lack of talent. He's got a right, he's got a, a right tackle who well, it was a backup right tackle who was literally getting obliterated. He had receivers dropping balls, tipping balls, and and the Bucks picking off everything. I think he had like two, three interceptions that game, sacked five, six, seven times in a fumble. And yeah, this fan base would have destroyed him. And then, yeah, you had the what the nine sack game. You had you had him uh, not even getting over sixty yards passing. 
we would have been like, oh my God, he's a buzz. He's this, he's that. Well, look at him now. Look at his last mm. two games now. That man mm. is special. Trey Lance can be special. Hufanga can be special. He cannot be special. There's possibilities. But let rookies grow. That that you know what? That's that's gonna be my new Twitter header. Let rookies grow. I'm out of here, crowd. Hold on. They want to know what you're oh, he already checked out. So <laughs> he checked out. He got out of there quick. Uh his Twitter handle is it's like Roscoe's. Hold on, I'll tell you right now. Hold on. Because I have it. It's uh Roscoe's Mr. So that's his uh that's his Twitter handle. So it's hold on, I'll type it right here. Roscoe's Mr. That's his uh Twitter handle. This was a good show today, guys. This was good. I thought it was uh, productive. We talked through a lot of things. I'm hoping we can move to more positivity. All right, now I'm going to start throwing this to some fantasy aspect of things, all right? But again, um, I appreciate everybody coming in here this morning. Went a little bit over how long we typically go. You, a little, we usually go an hour and a half um, if you guys are new to this. Um, if you like this show and you feel like you learned something from it or you just heard good conversation, we're live here every morning, 6.30 a.m. Pacific, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure you hit that like button subscribe and notification bell if you like what you heard today all right but um i appreciate everybody that you know contributed to a great show underdog fantasy download the app promo code crocky that's c-r-o-c-k-y great app i'm not going to go through the spill of it right now because we've been on here for a long time but just know once you download it and you put in my uh promo code you're gonna love it especially if you like uh gambling on anything player props over unders all that good stuff get to uh do uh they got this rivals thing and all that so underdog fantasy download the app or go to the website underdogfantasy.com promo code crocky but until next time man i appreciate all y'all love all y'all see y'all tomorrow morning tomorrow morning peace oh wait this also now is a podcast as well so shortly after this this will be turning into a podcast all right so uh make sure if you guys want to listen to more of the podcast format of it and you got in here late or whatever, and you don't want to watch it because you're doing things, or you want to go on a jog, and you just want to listen to it in your ears, Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. All right, now we're out. Peace! Intercepted! It is picked off by Eric Crocker. Over midfield, he'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown! Crop Talk TV Podcast. Peace!